Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. So, as I mentioned in the recap uh, with Abdul, Jenny, and Amanda, um, Jenny, Amanda, and myself were able to engage in a I don't want to say sensitive conversation, but something I really, really have been wanting to talk about for a while now. And no offense to Abdul, but just couldn't do it with you because uh, two guys talking about women's uh, dodgeball just doesn't make sense. So huge thank you to to Jenny and Amanda for being willing to quote unquote go there. And um, I really hope that this episode uh, stirs the pot in a positive way that generates a lot of good change and just helps the sport grow as a whole. So I guess that's, um, for lack of better words, my warning, but uh, Please enjoy. All right, so that pretty much wraps up, at least for the, you know, like the the names, the the plays, um, and the overall takeaways from the event itself. Um, one of the reasons why I'm really happy to have you guys on here, and um, I realized this uh, a few episodes ago, it's like, what's the point in, in talking about a women's division if we don't have women, um, especially with co-ed? Um, for example, like the the shakeups that I have with, uh, with Justin Bausch, like totally happy to talk about, you know, open or men's team, but like, I don't go into co-ed cause I'm, I'm not, that's not my, my lane, so to speak. So there is a lot of stuff that I've seen on the Facebook that I've heard that would really like to kind of just pick your guys' brains over. Um, and me and Abdul kind of went into it with like, you know, I asked him like, do you think this accomplished your overall objective? And, um, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said that he feels like this was successful in providing like appreciation for the division. And I think what he meant was exposure. So I kind of wanted to, to talk about both those things. So um, starting with you, Amanda, and I'll just ask the question again, like after after this is done, like do you feel like this provided um, more appreciation and exposure for, for the women on the East? So I feel like I'm going to get a lot of like negative feedback for this, but I don't know hundred percent if it if it provided appreci- appreciation for the women I feel like unfortunately still and this might be prevalent in other regions but I feel like it's definitely prevalent here that a lot of times the women are just seen as like the necessary bodies on the court to be able to play the co-ed division and I know we're going to get into this a little bit later so that's why I'm really I was a hundred percent in favor of the switch to the three and three because I feel like it gives the women a chance to do more and show their show themselves as the players they are and be able to take part in the game more. So I don't know if this necessarily provided the appreciation. I'm thinking if he said that it might've been in the sense of like the women felt um, slighted when the men's draft tournament happened. And so now maybe they feel appreciated because the women's draft tournament has happened. And so they can't say that the men's happened without the women's. Um, I definitely think it felt, um, I definitely think it provided the exposure that some of the East women might not have gotten otherwise. Um, the fact that in one weekend, in one place, we had 36 women there and we had another probably 10 to 15 that had been invited, but couldn't make it. Um, I think shows how the depth that the East is starting to grow. It's still not definitely to the point of a West coast tournament um, or the depth of any of those um, divisions out, out West. But I think it showed, it definitely had, uh, I'm, losing my train of thought here, but I definitely think it provided the exposure for the East women um, who might not have been well-known before, who might have kind of been afterthoughts for certain teams or whatnot. Um, I definitely think it was the exposure for a lot of those women. Gotcha. And, and for what it's worth, like I can kind of agree because I'm, you know, I'm hearing names. Um, obviously, after recapping with you guys for so long, they're starting to stick. Um, 
so I get that like that bias or that luxury. But then you know, hearing new names like Ying Ying and um, seeing that Sam Girardi's stepping up her game drastically, hearing names like Triana, um, these are people that I will be looking out for. Should we match up on the co-ed side? So I think that kind of justifies or doesn't justify, but backs that up. Like yes, exposure. Um, the reason why I wanted to, and this is obviously not a, not a dig by any means on a deal, but the reason why like I honed in on the word appreciation is a, I feel like that could be patronizing sometimes. So I was curious to know, like, th- does it ever come across that way when people, um, pick on you, Tyler, sorry, but just when they say we want to show appreciation to the women, like how does that come across? And this is just like an honest question just for me personally. Um, so for me, I don't necessarily like it when people are like, oh, just appreciation, like like what you were saying about appreciation to the women, just because like when you, you think about it, it's so easy to talk about like, oh, we're going to do a men's draft tournament because we can get the men. Like, oh, we're going to do this and do this and like, oh, do an open division. And well, they're like, oh, women can play, but sometimes it's obviously really hard to actually for a woman to find like a spot on just like an off-season open division tournament because it's all the guys getting together and obviously your women's team is not going to be able to come out and make their own team so it's hard to like get picked up so as soon as like someone says like appreciation I think a lot of the women throughout the sport kind of want that equal view on things so like people want to think of the women's division as like what you would do on the men's not as something different or something to be like oh this is this is amazing like i'm so proud for you women like you get to finally have this opportunity is that oh we have always wanted the opportunity yeah does that make sense no it does and like thank you for because i would have explained it kind of similar it feels like hey i got mine now let me extend my hand down and bring the women up i hate that kind of terminology and that phrasing because it automatically puts me in a position of I don't want to say superiority, but like, that's, that's how I feel. Like it's not equal. So like when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, mm, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't word it like that. A hundred percent. Like I thank Abdul for doing, for getting this tournament to happen. But like when I think back to the first draft tournament that Tyler ran, and I'm not sure if he's one of the ones who said like the appreciation thing or whatnot, but like he had them running simultaneously. So to me that felt more, like he actually wanted both to be there versus like, Oh, I know I can get men now when it it's a little bit later, we can show the women that we appreciate them by having one six months down the road, or we have all these tournaments, but they're all open. So as Jenny was saying, like women can come if they want, but primarily we're looking for the men to fill these spots. Um, yeah. I just, I think there are better words to use. Yeah. And that's why I tried throwing the word exposure. Like, okay, let's let's actually look at what it really was, and and maybe we can right. talk appreciation later. Um, and I'm I'm I hate to admit it, but I'm I'm kind of guilty of this too. Like, and this is why I was so adamant about you know not having two guys talking about the women's division. Um, that's my struggle with the, with the podcast in itself. Like, it's sometimes and I hate to admit it. Like, I'm so focused on open because I could speak to that. I'm like, I still need to find more women to talk to because if, if I'm not doing it, then I, I don't feel like I have the right to talk about it. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, a it's a thing that I, me personally just need to look out for and, um, uh, be more, um, proactive and bringing more people on. Um, thankfully I have you guys to do so. So 
I'm definitely not saying, you know, by any means, I'm not trying to pick on Tyler. Um, and you know, he might not have even been the person to say that. Um, but I just remember I hear that a lot. So that was one thing I really wanted to yeah. just kind of discuss. Um, in terms definitely of- have love for Tyler. He's always running tournaments that involve women. So yeah, yeah. thank you, Tyler. You're the best for sure. Um, okay, Jenny. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, I just wanted to say that, um, like, especially, I did really like that this tournament was a women's only draft tournament, and it was nice that like Abdul and Frankie are actually. I think they posted about it like the beginning of November where they had like created an event and they were like, look, this is what we're going to do. So it was nice to have that. Cause the biggest thing with the East coast is like for these tournaments that they've had in the off season um, and like the whole of last season and the season before that, they've always said like, why is it we're struggling to get women to come out when we're trying to do a co-ed division. And then um, there'd be things where they would make the minimum requirements. So you have like two women minimum on the court for these off-season co-ed tournaments and then they a lot of it women wouldn't get invited until two weeks before the tournament even though the event's been there for like a month and a half like mm. i'd reach out and be like hey do you know about this and no one would have any idea and then by that point two weeks is too close to be able to like some a lot of women do have to travel like quite a distance to be able to get to some of these tournaments and then because they wouldn't be able to make it, they then would change the co-ed requirement to only one woman so that the guys would be able to play. Yeah. And that was something that last season, I kind of made like a controversial statement. Like there's this women's group and I said something there and then somehow it like had got shared. But it wasn't anything that was dissing anybody, but it was just talking about how if you really want to try and help build up women on the East region, you need to not make things easier for the guys to play. You need to make things easier for women to play. So that was something that they'd done this like kind of poll or like someone had done a status and was like, look, how can I get more women to come out? And I was like, if you're going to plan something and do something that's like a women's tournament, you need to post an event and let people know like a couple of months in advance because I'm a planner. Like I've got the next, like up until May, I've got all my weekends mapped out. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm not doing. <laughs> and if you tell me within two weeks, I'm like, okay, if you told me like four weeks ago, I would a hundred percent said yes. But because you told me two weeks before I've made plans and I'm not able to do it. And it's something that I would absolutely love to do. And then so finding out that an event was created like two months prior, but that myself and probably two other women were the only women that were actually invited to the event and it's meant to be a co-ed tournament was something that last year was like a big struggle to get more women involved. And I, so it was nice that this tournament, I truly felt like this was more of a, we want to get women to play we want women to come out and we want this to be for them. So it was nice hearing like our, I could tell that especially like Frankie and Abdul and Amanda and Tasha helped set the tournament together. And so it was nice being approached 
from like the beginning of November that this tournament was going to take place. Oh God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we are still keeping that in there. <laughs> I'm drinking hot chocolate. Okay, it happens sometimes. To be fair, yes, you have a hot chocolate <laughs> mug. This is, that's definitely not a, a beer or anything. So, <laughs> but um, um yeah. <laughs> I don't drink alcohol, so I'm kind of... Um, so... <laughs> I'm a chill, but... But it was, it was nice that, like, in November, they approached and they said, look, we're doing this women's tournament. We're going to do it in February. So that gives everyone time to plan, like, Sammy, um, Kate. Um, I don't think you flew down, but I know those guys, like, booked flights to come down. And Sammy, actually, she was just on, like, a two-week-long vacation. So she went from... I think they went to, uh, I want to say somewhere in California, and then they went down to Hawaii, and then Phoenix, and then came straight to the women's, like, they flew straight to the women's tournament, because they knew about it in time. Um, so I was like, that is a major commitment, to come straight from your luxury holiday, where you're out on the beach, <laughs> and Hawaii. then to come to a sweaty gym. <laughs> um, so that was something that was, like, really nice to have that experience in this tournament and then there's also there's some people like it was nice having a lot of guys actually come and come watch because that was something that i know in the podcast that i did last year was kind of a thing that was a bit of sad about the season before was that we'd play but then we didn't feel like many guys would actually watch the women's division so it was nice that because this was a women's only tournament, there was people like Alfred came down, but Alfred's obviously going to come down because, you know, he'd be told off if he didn't. But uh, but people like Matt Levine, who lives in Cleveland, came all the way down with one of the other women in Ohio just to watch us play. So it was nice to have people, like some of the guys come out and watch and like actually sit there and watch the women's division. Um, so it was more like, it wasn't necessarily appreciation, but definitely more exposure that, oh, this is something that's really entertaining to watch and not just concentrate on just what the men are doing in open, but seeing all the women, whoop butt. So I think um, when you, one of the things that I, I kind of picked up on was you said make things easier for women to play or ah, make things easier for women to play. Um, and then you talked about like how, hey, don't schedule an event two weeks prior to the fact. Um, do what you know Abdul and, and and company did, and give this thing basically the treatment that you would give any other tournament. And I don't think that's like saying making it easier. I think just give it the same professionalism and attention you'd give um, any other tournament. So I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm har harping on words so much, um, but I feel like that's how you show how you show. Um, I know, again, going back to appreciation versus support versus exposure, but that that's, I feel like that's what one of the keys is. Um, kind of going For back sure. to um, some of the questions. Um, so this question I've been really wanting to ask uh, both of you and just, just uh, people in general, because I hear a lot of noise about it um, still to this day, but Amanda, we'll start with you. And that is, in your opinion, how has the uh, the move from uh, four and two to three and three changed the scope of the co-ed division? So 
I think there's going to be a lot of changes on the East Coast this year, no matter what. Um, to open, to women's, to co-ed. I know that Awesome isn't coming back this season. They have a lot of injuries. I know Clash isn't coming back in the women's division. They have different reasons why. Um, so I think the East was already going to be look, to look different. But I am so excited for the three and three co-ed change that's happening. I know I already mentioned it earlier, but um, I think on a lot of teams, um, the women have kind of just always been um, relegated to like you hand off the ball to one of the guys if they're still in. And there have even been teams where some of the guys will be holding two balls before a girl ever holds one. Um, and I think the fact that we're evening the playing field a little bit so that it's an equal number of men and women on the court um, kind of gives women more of uh, ability to contribute to their team. And I know that there's all this kind of pushback of, you know, if, if a girl doesn't, isn't respected on her team, she can leave the team. Um, but with the way numbers worked before, there weren't always teams that were available for those women to move on to. And I think this change of to three to three gave women a little bit more power in choosing who they wanted to play with. Um, there's a lot of men that are like, oh, we don't have the numbers of women to be able to do that. But we just had a weekend where we had 36 women in the in in one gym. And that, like I said, didn't include 10 or 15 women we asked to play that just couldn't make it for whatever reason that weekend. So I think um, people who say that it's the wrong change and that we're not ready for it are the people who are having trouble finding women that are going to be willing to play with them, whether that's because they're not good teammates, whether that's because they don't respect women, whether that's because they're not putting in the effort to actually go out and find women. I know Ashley Guevara posted in like December saying that she needed a team and she was like, not a single person reached out to me. So there's all these men that are saying they can't find women, but they're not actively going out and trying to do it. They want the women to come to them and be like, pick me. I want to play with you as opposed to actually actively going out and looking for, for women to, to team up with them. Interesting. Yeah. So send the hate box, hate mail to my inbox. <laughs> Just open it up right now. Yep. Amanda um, Ashley on Facebook. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Um, yeah. Thirty. You, how many? How many women were there? Uh, this thirty-six. Thirty-six. So realistically, that's twelve teams. Like I said, there was another ten or fifteen women that we invited that couldn't make it. Um, but also, I think there are teams that are carrying. I know there are teams that are carrying four women, and they don't need to. But these women would rather play with teams that they know are going to respect them and are going to involve them in the plays versus like, yeah, I could go play on this team of dudes who don't really involve the women who expect them to hand off balls or I can go play on the team where they respect me and yeah I might sit a little bit more but I know that when I'm playing I'm going to be involved in the gameplay yeah so for people saying there's there's going to be a shortage or a drought or it's gonna be hard to find more I mean when you say 36 people showed up this weekend I, I just picture you just dropping the mic just like come at me um what else do I need to say um do, do you so do you think um with this, because uh, you said women have more options, um, mm -hmm. this is because maybe at one time they, it's like, hey, I've got this team where I'm not really contributing or nothing, so I'm just going to stick around versus, hey, this team wants to include me as as part of the, you know, the offense or whatever the strategy is going to be, and I feel like I contribute more. Like, you feel like that's another reason why people are kind of freaking out over um, having to replace teammates that leave them or? 100%. I think... <clears throat> 
I know I I'm not going to name any names, but I know of a few different women who have said like, I would never play with that person again, that team again, because they don't respect the women on their team. And so this season with the change up with some of the other teams looking for a third woman to add to their roster because they now need a third woman. They're like, well, I talked to these other girls and they love playing with these, this group. And so I'm happy to move to this team where I know I'll be respected, where I know that they're, they're going to value me as a teammate, not just as a woman, but as a teammate. And they're going to utilize me versus I was on this team where I was expected to hand over balls. The guys would hold two balls. I wouldn't even have a ball in my hands. It was kind of like you sh- you're going to hand off balls and you're looking for catches to bring back in one of the other guys. Like there are definitely teams and people who value the women and make them part of the gameplay. And then there are teams that don't. And I think those are the teams that are not, not saying this for sure, but there, I think that sometimes those are the teams that are struggling to find women, um, especially when this change happens. Gotcha. So it's one of those like, Hey, if you're having issues, kind of, you know, look at yourself and see. Expect, exactly. Introspective. Look go. inside yourself or inside your team. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you're, if you're a good captain, not to let's say I'm like the best captain ever, but if you're a good captain, people are going to want to play with you period. Men, yeah. They're going to want to stick around. Yeah. And that too. 100%. They're not going to, they're not going to ditch you the first chance they get. So yeah. Like, I mean, Frankie's not a great captain, but whatever, we still stick around. So I mean, he's such a good guy, I guess. Like <laughs> I don't know if I go that far either. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's great. He's yeah. not even he's our guy. But he's I. I just had to get he's my shot I. in at him. Of course. Um and he was gonna be on this too, but uh, I think he had dinner plans, so I guess he's just too of good for to talk to us on a Friday night about dodgeball. But um so that, so you're 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 obviously pro three three and three and three. Um one hundred percent. Nice. And, and for people that are having issues, do something about it. Go, go recruit, incorporate, yep. integrate. Um, and then just, hey, if you have a hard time bringing people to your cause or to your team, think about what, uh, what you could change. Why that's, that might be. Yeah. That's fair. How about you, Jenny? Um, what, what are your thoughts on the switch? So I am pro three B three. Um, so when I used to play in England, they would have mixed divisions there and it was always 3-3. Three, three. And so it was hard originally like coming in and like I understood why I was 4-2 because obviously at the time, like when I started playing elite, especially on the East Coast, there was less women ratio compared to men. But it's hard going in and people arguing for, oh, and 4-2 is like a true co-ed. It's a true co-ed after playing multiple years of a mixed division that was 3-3. Three, three. Um, and like kind of saying before when I was saying about the issues that are having like scheduled tournaments and like women not turning out, one of the biggest things that kind of gets me when the transition to 3-3 three, three happens and there was a lot of people that were kind of upset with it um, or a lot of guys I would have to say were upset with it and a lot of women were happy with it is that even though it's 3-3 three, three, and that's that ratio and people said oh well last year it was 4-2 it's not that last year it was 4-2 it was that you had to have two women minimum right on a court so you could have more than that but there was probably like on the west coast i think there was a couple of teams that had 3-3 three, three, and there was like a team that came out to a tournament that was in the off season, they were a lot of the Cleveland players that play Stonewall there came out and they were actually four women to two guys. Hmm. And that's something that's 
really exciting to see because you can tell that oh it's a lot of women that are actually like making a team and so that's one thing that in years prior always bothered me that part of the issue that guys were saying oh it's so hard to find women is that they were only looking for two women to play on their team because that's the requirement that they needed was at least two women and then so you actually ended up having some women that didn't have a co-ed team because the teams that were left that needed women weren't necessarily teams that they wanted to play with and then you'd also face with someone would ask do you need a co-ed team and guys are like we already have our two women we've met our quota that's uh, this was so, before quota yeah <laughs> so it's it was frustrating seeing that. So when I see now people are like, oh, it's 3-3, three, three, it's that you've always had that option of being able to have more women involved. But now it's like, it's actually that you have to allow three women onto the court. And I honestly think that's so much more exciting because then you won't be getting this whole, oh, well, it's just that the guys were really good. The girls didn't do anything or they didn't let the girls play as much it's that you have an equal share there's like a lot of teams now that aren't just having where it's four guys get together or four five or six whatever get together and they say we're gonna have a co team let's find two girls it's that now you have people that are like we have two guys um so like alfred's team for example alfred just had him and another guy and then he had sandy and he's like okay well let's build the team together so he's reaching out He's managed to get all of his women first before he even got all the guys on his team. Yeah. And, and it was. Sorry. Oh, and he, he's, he's actively looking for people as opposed to yeah. posting in a group and saying, my team needs three people and then just waiting for people to come to him. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of stuff where like people will post and they go, oh, why haven't you posted that you're a free agent? Like, and there, there was something that was like, this facebook thread and that was like keyboard warriors on it go going ahead like hating on the three three i commented on it and i was like look i don't mean to sound big-headed or anything but i do consider myself one like a strong player that's on the east coast and my experience that going into the three three is that like the team that i'm on now so hello they approached me before and like at Na just after nationals they're like so you're going to come play with us right you're going to come play with us and we said oh if it's 3-3 three, three, we might have to get like another girl but like we want you to play so it's like okay and i got asked by another team like two days after nationals and and i was like okay i'm gonna like see how things work out like see if things are going to be confirmed things got confirmed but probably the only people that knew that I was on that color team were some people from my women's team and like some of my close friends here. And, and I said, there's people complaining about that. They're not finding women. And this is in November. January. It was oh, earlier. It was even, it was like, Oh, December. was that where the post was? Yeah. When they made the post. Oh yeah. So it's like, so December or whatnot. And they say that there's no, like, there's no women they shouldn't be 3-3 three, three because there's not enough women to play in it. And I said, do you know how many people have asked me since nationals? I was like, zero people have asked if I'm playing on a co-ed team. And I talked to all the people that are on my women's team. And sure, they're on co-ed teams now. But they were all on the co-ed teams that 
I had asked them like right after nationals and they said they've not been approached by anyone. Hmm. And so hearing that, oh, there's no one available is that they're just looking online and not seeing like people post things saying that they're a free agent. But it's the fact that if you want, you make a team and like with your open team, there's a ton of people that poach other people and they'll be, oh, what are you doing this season? Like, do you have a team? Like, do you want to come play with me? But then they, that same approach is not used in majority of women too. They're like, oh, we, you have to make yourselves available so that we know that you are available and we can take you on a team rather than like, hey, I know that you're a really good player. What are you doing for co-ed? And being fine if they say I have a team or they're like, oh, I'm so grateful that you asked me that you want me to play with you. Versus just waiting for the day that you happen to post, yeah, that you're available yeah. or that you're looking. Like the stuff that there, are, there are some issues where I understand if people said, "Oh, there's not enough people," and like I read somewhere where someone was making an argument that there was apparently only 24 women on the East Coast, and that was that coed was only going to be like six teams, and I was like, if you think about it, last year, like granted, it wasn't every round because one round there was unfortunately some players that couldn't come. So a team had to drop out last second, but we had seven women's teams. So at a minimum, that's 42 people, which at a minimum, that's 14 co-ed teams. And in the co-ed division, the East region, that's the, we played last year. Was it 18 teams was the normal Amanda? Say that again. Sorry. Was it 18 co-ed teams last season? I mean, the East has always had a lot. That we had. At 18, 20, yeah. something like that. Like, but so we've always had a lot. And so to go from like where you take the absolute minimum of all the women that came last season to have a minimum of 14 teams that could be made, or well, like that's if you just take the three, do th- only three women for each team. But there's some teams that have four women and some teams that just have three. But it's we'll actually have a good quality amount because now that the female players are getting stronger and stronger, when they'll be on these teams and they'll have equal share, it's your co-ed division is actually gonna be more competitive because talent will be balanced out. And it's like Amanda was saying that there's there are a couple of teams that are like, we can't find anybody, no like there's not enough women and it is a case of like some women don't necessarily want to play with those players because they've given themselves a bad reputation but it's also the fact that some of those guys they did have women on their team previously and what's happened is that they've not bothered talking to them since nationals and then teams like better co-ed teams are approaching them and like hey it's 3-3 we really need good women on our team and you stood out to us and we want you to play with us if you're willing to and they're like okay well my last year i was used as just a body on my team they haven't talked to me since nationals it's now january or february and this team really wants me to play with them i'm going to play with them and then in the meantime their co-ed team from last year just thinks that oh 
they've got their women haven't gone and checked and then when they've asked oh, are you ready for the season they're like well, you've not reached out to me i've found a team that wants me to be like an equal player on them and then now they're complaining about not having women and unfortunately those guys that are in that situation are the most vocal about it so then they're creating these posts that are creating a negative attitude towards it and then causing for myself and other women to try and defend it and say like this is the reason why this is happening and then it's causing people to be turned off of wanting to participate like in the east coast like i had a couple of women reach out to me and they were saying that oh because of some of the messages that some of these guys are saying about there's no women and that they're being kind of disrespectful about it they were reconsidering playing in the east Dang. and that's something that's really sad to hear that that guys complaining about there's no women when they haven't bothered trying to ask enough women it's actually turning people away so it's not so much the the switch from four to two it three to three it's it's the attitude that's causing yeah. the issue that that's what we can kind of it's, it's 100 like you can see there's a lot of teams like i had a girl approach me that later who was saying that she didn't know whether or not she wanted to play and it's not just in the east it's like other regions that this is happening to too and but obviously because we're in the east we know all the gossip <laughs> but when the, i approached her later and i was like hey do you think you're actually going to come out and they're like yeah i think i'm going to come out it's like good like have you reached out and she's like yeah i've actually like reached out to some co-teams some co-teams reach out to me and they're like asking me for footage of like me playing do you know if you have anything that i could possibly send them and to me and i was like asking what team that was on and i know that that's a team that takes it seriously if they're going in and treating their women as equal players that they want to have on their team that it's nice to hear that people are like, yeah, we actually really want to consider you. Or there's some, some women that have been poached by other teams um, that like in co-ed last year, they did really well. And they're picking up these women that were playing on teams that didn't place as well because they know that their potential wasn't fully used. And so I feel like there's majority of the team, like it may sound negative, but it's um, like overall, but it's that majority of the teams are actually starting to appreciate their women more and building a lot of teams. But unfortunately, the ones that are having issues with the ratio transition are the more vocal about it. So I think people have this negative, like some people have a negative attitude towards it, but it's only because of what they're seeing, like these people post on Facebook as to if you ask a bunch of women, everybody is excited for the 3-3 division. Like mm. every single woman that I talked to at that women's tournament was ecstatic to be able to have that equal opportunity and be able to play and be able to learn and grow and have more of a chance to be able to learn about tactics or how they can play together and, and actually win feeling like they've been more of an important role rather than just meeting a requirement. Gotcha. That's a... So that was a long rant. No, that's... <laughs> <God, breathe. laughs> 
<laughs> that's good. And that, that's kind of what, um, yeah, cause I, I could speculate all day long, but to actually hear that from your perspective is, is awesome. Um, and I, I just kind of wanted to like reiterate some of the things, um, earlier you'd said, cause I, I was trying to figure out the word like slots requirement. You said quota. So like, okay, here's, here's a good thing to kind of turn, turn this around. Stop looking at the three V three, four V two as a quota and as a teammate, like we need another teammate, not another body. Um, and, and that goes back to like 2005 when co-ed, when dodgeball was slowly becoming competitive with the NDL, like the co-ed requirement was 4v2. So you're, you're getting, you know, a bunch of guys like dragging the girlfriends out to play. Um, you know, it was dark times. Like nobody wanted to play dodgeball to begin with. And then you try to get, um, women to play, um, yeah, but over time, uh, in the last 16 years, it's, it's exploded since then going back to Amanda's mic drop comment, like, okay, it's, it's no longer a thing. And when people say, well, last year was four V two, well, times are changing. So it, it's kind of like yep. that you can't, you got to strike that argument. Um, and then just going back to this whole, like the women's division being in general an afterthought, like, Hey, let's do this open team or this open tournament real quick. And then, Oh, okay. We'll do women later. Sounds like that's the case with, uh, some of these captains, um, obviously it's very general speaking, but you know, I'm going to worry about my open team. Okay. Now let's worry about our co-ed. We got our solid four. Okay. Let's talk to Jenny who we haven't messaged in months. Hey, you still down. And then all of a sudden you're not like, wait, what a minute, what happened? It's like that, that attitude kind of makes you guys feel like you're taking for granted. So no wonder why you want to ditch them for a team that wants you. <clears throat> and then another thing I hear a lot, um, is co-ed just my fun team. Like I'm serious about open. I'm going to go ham. I'm going to go hundred percent and code, I'm just, you know, kind of just kind of relax and, and take it easy. But you know, if you don't want to take it easy, whether you're a man or male player or woman player, like you, you like, why would you ever want to hear that? Like, screw this. I'm going to go on to code team. That's going to take this, you know, hundred percent, not, not ease up on the gas. So, um, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully this is, hopefully this, I don't know, like rings. Um, what's the saying? Hopefully this, um, make some light bulbs go off and people stop as I've told the deal, like it stop being part of the problem, be part of the solution. Um, yep. and that I'll, I'll preach that until my final episode. Like uh, that is something that, you know, you just, you know, not to, not to quote Gandhi, but be the change you want to see. So focus inward. Why are people, why are you having a hard time recruiting women? And then ask yourself, like, are you, are you treating them like a teammate or are they a quota? If that's your thought or mentality already, then, you know, fix it. But, um, yeah, no amount of commenting negatively is going to help you. It's just going to draw negative uh, attention, and you just—I feel like you're just kind of distancing yourself and shooting yourself in the foot even more by uh, being negative about it. So, yeah, there's actually some a couple of teams that I know, um, like on the East Coast. They're actually a lot of guys are using this as an opportunity to bring more women in, like from their rec leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that there's a couple that didn't get to play like in this draft tournament but they're going to be at the rounds and i think they're just coming to play co-ed and then and then they're looking to see like oh if there's a women's team that they can play on um so it's nice knowing that there are a couple of teams where there are people going out and they're using this as an opportunity to bring more people in, not just asking the same people nice if they have a team all right, so I, I know I kind of, this is definitely, for lack of better words, kind of last minute. Um, again, I did not want this weekend to pass by without uh, covering this. So I kind of threw up that I was going to be interviewing and talking about this. And 
I did get a couple of comments. I just kind of wanted to air. Um, Sergio Leone had said, though a week or so had been removed from the women's draft tourney, how has it set the tone for co-ed going forward in the East? Um, can either of you say that this has spiked more interest for co-ed as a whole, and can it be um, supported? I don't know <clears throat> if it spiked more interest for co-ed. I think it kind of goes back to what we were already saying, that I think, if anything, it like gave more exposure to the women and the talent that's on the East. Um, but I don't know if it... I would say it's spiked more interest. I think teams have pretty much at this point been established for what less than a month out, exactly a month out from round one. Right. Um, so I think there's still a team or two that might be scrambling to try to find women. So maybe this has pushed them to start looking at these women that they might not have thought of before and reach out to them versus just waiting for someone to come to them. Um, but I think the men that were at the tournament are men who already are pretty pretty set in teams and pretty um, pretty decent teammates to have on a team. So I don't think they had any problems finding teammates. Um, so I don't know if I'd say it spiked more interest. Gotcha. How about you, Jenny? I know that um, there were some women that the, the, some of the rec players that came to this draft tournament, I think now they're playing on a COA team. Um but other than that, I don't think it necessarily, because by that point, like, I think there's a lot of women have already found a co-ed team, or if they haven't, they're, like, in the process of selecting who they want to play with. Um, I think if it wasn't this close to round one, like, if this tournament was earlier on, um, or, like, even towards the end of last year, I think that it definitely could have helped spiked interest. But by this point, Right. There were teams were like already made by like a couple of weeks after nationals. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Gotcha. Yeah, um, I, I definitely agree. I think if they if this is something to definitely do earlier next year, and maybe it can definitely it can help bring in more women and spike this interest for them and get some more co-ed teams formed. But I think at this point, it's just too late in the season. Gotcha. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, um, I think earlier you had mentioned like you were surprised at how um, how developed some of these players already were. So it sounds like um, the interest has already been there from, like you said, like a month after nationals. So um, let's see. He also said, Sergio said, if you can give a highlight, which both of you did, um, I actually found that video of um, I forgot her name already, but it was the the catch counter oh cassie jackson yeah, yeah. So i found that so. the one where i got out i'll pay i had to I had, I had to check it out and thank you i think uh, it's fine i'm just sour yeah i think that's on. girl you won the tournament you don't get to be sour <laughs> it wasn't as perfect as you appreciate i guess <laughs> um Interesting question from Christy Stevens. She said, had the South kept around in the dual East slash South region state of Florida, and it was the South's Grand Slam round, would the East women have come realistically? Um, do you think the men's teams and co-ed teams would have come? From your perspective, uh, what do you think? I think no, solely because the East hates to travel out of the East. <laughs> um, we tend to have like the same we're lucky in that I think our region is the most compact, so to speak. So we're lucky that for the most part, anytime we have a regional event, you can 
almost always drive there for a majority of the people. So except for me, because you're in the north, move. <laughs> um, but like for the most part, we have like the big three. We have Boston, which is pretty much the most north we go. We usually have something around New Jersey, and then we usually have something around Baltimore. And so like those are all drivable for most people who play in the east. The biggest pushback we got last year was the round we had in Richmond, in Richmond, in Virginia, because people were like, I have to fly there. I mean, granted, they could have driven, but it was such a a longer drive. Um, So I don't think that a lot of people would have traveled to Florida, especially with the addition of another tournament in the east already that people are now having to travel to. It used to be three. Now it's four. So to add in this another one down in Florida, I just... I don't think it's anything against the South. I think it's just the East hates to travel. Gotcha. I think maybe if we didn't have the four rounds and there was one, it could potentially be, but I don't think it would. I don't think there are enough, especially on women's teams, people that are willing to travel that far. Like, I think there's like a couple of players on each team that would travel. Like, so if there's a tournament in the West Coast, there's a tournament in the South, like would, but. I think that maybe Sammy and I were the only people that traveled to other regions last year. Yeah. I want to say. Um, so, and that's like part of it is that I have to travel everywhere I go. So, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'll find traveling. But yeah, it's like what Amanda said, like, cause a lot of it's close in it and it's harder to get people to go. But I think, especially with the four rounds, it was going to be harder to get them to travel. Yeah. Three, three rounds plus nationals is already enough. Then you add a fourth round. Um, definitely can understand, um, that has an impact on, on the wallet and whatnot. So, um, and also Markel asked, uh, who got first picked, uh, for the draft and so those Lisa Freeman, right? That's who. Yeah. Sammy, yeah. Sammy had the first pick. She picked Lisa. Gotcha. And then um, I think somebody asked what was the format for it, and Abdul said it was random snake order, um, and that's how Sammy got first pick and ended up getting Lisa. So look at the draw, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting. I got that, last pick. <laughs> but I think it's interesting that the top two teams were first pick and last pick. So while you got the sixth or the sixth pick overall, you then got the back-to-back seventh pick. So I definitely think. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think it's that something was nice going into it. Like when I was when I was drafting, like all I had to do, like for my first two picks, was I had to choose the seven women that I wanted at the top, and then I was guaranteed at least two of those. So I was right. like, oh, okay, this is good. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. So I think, uh, I mean, I could probably go on. I know I say this all the time. Uh, I can go on for hours, but um, I just want to reiterate, I'm very appreciative of you guys coming on kind of last minute. But again, like these are, these are things that I wanted to talk about, but I need women to talk about them with. So thank you so much for being willing to do so. And, um, and all honestly, honesty, I, I kind of hope this does stir the pot and maybe generate some better conversations, more productive ones um, in terms of like how we can just change this attitude of three, three V three is going to be our doom versus um no it's it's where we're at now it's 2020 um dodgeball's been around for 16 years um we can we can do this and we'll be just fine so i hope a lot of good comes out of it um 
but before I go any further into this Friday night, um, just want to say thank you guys both. And uh, yeah, I think we'll go ahead and end the interview there. And swoosh. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to my rants and my burps. Uh. <laughs> and there is the swoosh. All right. So that was um, probably one of my more challenging conversations, um, mostly because, as I've said before, like the for, for me to talk about uh, anything that has to do with women, not being a woman myself, I feel like I really don't have much of a place. I have some some opinions, for lack of better words, but um, when it comes time to talk recaps or shake up episodes, for example, on co-ed or, or women, I, I really just try not to do that at all. Um, I, I can do, I can speak towards the, the male aspects of co-ed, but um, as I've even said, um, I do have a challenge discussing women's divisions in general. So the only way I can think of that will stop that or help that is if I get a chance to interview and bring on more uh, women panelists. So um, if you are at all interested in covering any topics, whether it's interviews or recaps, precaps, shakeups, anything at all um, regarding women, please let me know. Um, again, it's not something I want to gloss over ever. I want to give this as much attention as I give anything else. So that being said, um, I really hope that this conversation, that this episode um, created the for lack of better words, the positive controversy um, and brought a lot of new elements or perspectives into light on what's going on with some of these threads, what's going on behind them, and more importantly, just provides the most ideal solution or way to approach them so that way we all benefit as dodgeball players and grow as a community and not just a division. So that all being said, I'm going to go ahead and get off my soapbox now. It's been a long, fun night. Um, Amanda, Jenny, Abdul, I appreciate you guys being willing to be so flexible. Amanda and Jenny, I appreciate you both also for just being able to talk dodgeball uh, so late into your Friday night. So I really appreciate that as well. Um, to everyone else, thank you so much, as always, for all of your support, all of your listens, all of your plays, all of your suggestions, and all of your time. Um, I, I cannot say this enough, and I never will, but uh, it is greatly appreciated. So on that end, I'm going to go ahead and stop talking and go to bed. So have a great uh, rest of your evening, a great rest of your weekend, a great week, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, I need, I need, you should know by now, Steve, that you should just always be recording. I, I mean, for my own, just me alone, good God, do I mess up and provide bloopers for years, but uh, just good God, I almost said to my cat, that would be perfect. Um, <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, uh, when he got on oh, Jenny, I was, I like have been sick, so I had my head up and I looked so horrible and I was like, how do I turn off the video? <laughs> The, the best part was like I had my video on as a show of good faith that, you know, I'm not creeping in the background like always. And uh, the first thing I hear, I'm like, hey, Amanda, how's it going? And she's like, ah, turn it off. <laughs> so, <Yeah. thanks. laughs> it's good to see you, too.